Hey, it's Ross Payne with Roll Playing Public Radio. We're playing Trophy Dark, the Flocculent Cathedral. This is part two. Uh, I am not running this. Uh, Jason Cordova of the Gauntlet uh, Publishing is uh, running this, as, as as he did last time. And, uh, so uh, I guess we should start with a recap. Yeah, great. Thank you so much. Um, so, yeah, why don't we re- recap a little bit what happened last time? So you all are playing treasure hunters who have gone into this this swampy forest, um, this swampy, somewhat sacred forest called the Gloaming Mire. It's a mangrove-dense fen. And the incursion for Trophy Dark, the, the, the adventure structure, the incursion has five parts to it. We call them rings, and you did the first two rings. And the first ring was you're sort of arriving at the Gloaming Mire and having to negotiate and navigate this situation with a group of bandits who uh, were, um, were were kind of blocking the way. And we had a lot of interesting things happen uh, in that situation. It The, the culmination uh, was the appearance of this sort of um, mythical bear creature that, uh, that killed all of the, the, uh, the bandits in a very, very uh, gruesome, but also uh, sort of like religious way. And so uh, you all got past the bandits. You had with you a woman named Yofre, who you eventually lost track of <laughs> uh, for reasons we'll get to in a bit. But she was with the group for a time. Uh, she had been uh, captured by the bandits or was prisoner by the bandits. In ring two, you were trying to survive and indeed uh, get past a massive swarm of bugs. That's basically what was happening. And you managed to do that. But in the doing of it, Yafre revealed herself to be a saint. And in this setting, the principal religion is the religion of the sisters, these saints um, who are all, each of them has like their own like kind of uh, domain of influence and this saint she claimed to be saint fatima of the charcoal burners and indeed we had a really interesting scene where baz's character lit her on fire thinking uh not knowing it was a saint and then she sort of her human form sort of burned away um and revealed herself to be saint fatima the characters themselves are all dealing with some increasingly bad conditions that they gained just from being in the glowing mire or glowing mire. Um, in particular, Orlin, uh, something's going on with Orlin's tongue. Um, there, there's like little feelers or, or something growing on Orlin's tongue and tickling the roof of Orlin's mouth. It's just manubbins. <laughs> yeah, little manubbins. Yeah, no big deal. And Parda, uh, Parda, is starting to see everything in green, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Akale even got a condition because Akale started at Rune 4 and has not gone up yet. So um, that's sort of the deal with Akale. Uh, do you all have any questions about kind of, that was a really high level recap, but there's a lot of like little tiny details that happened. But if there's anything you want to cover, or remind me of or remind the group of or ask a question about, now's the time to do it. Yeah, yeah, I just have the green tinted vision. Yeah, I guess that, that's it. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess we should reintroduce our, our players. Uh, I'm Ross. I'm playing Parda, the sorcerer, who is a uh, background is a usurped royal, uh, and he wants to win the heart of the heir apparent of Nagane. So, uh, yeah, it's going great so far. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Caleb. 
Uh, I'm Caleb. I'm of Delta Green Dead Channels and Heaven on Games. I'm playing Orlin, who is an herbalist and an emboldened rat catcher. Uh, yeah, right. it's going well, except for his temporary girlfriend being conflagrated like a centronelle candle to keep the mosquitoes away. <laughs> but other than that, things are fine. Yeah. Yeah, Ask it what she excelled at. She did a very good job. <laughs> very combustible. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, hi, I'm Baz, uh, Future Wolfington on Twitch. I am playing Akale, a cultist iconoclast trying to take down the corrupt religious orders that these fools follow. Mm-hmm. And reestablish the cult of Darawan. Mm-hmm. We haven't figured out what Darawan really is. I don't even know what Darawan is. I don't need to know. <laughs> we only have something to do with tattoos. We did figure that yeah, out. That's, what, that's, that's oh, the yeah. coolest part about being a zealot. You don't have to know the cause. You just have to be down for the cause. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. Fair. Yeah. So great. Uh, thank you, everybody, for the introductions. Um, the last, the very last thing we saw you all doing is you were taking refuge in this sort of crumbled structure that was lined with statues of um, of the of the sisters of some of the sisters, and we got to see you all um, sort of showing how you either honor the sisters or profane their shrines. And I also described how that swarm of bugs had formed itself into almost like the vaulted ceiling of a cathedral, uh, buzzing loudly overhead as you sort of did this um, uh, worship and or heresy with the saint statues. And that was the conclusion of Ring 2. We'll just dive right in to Ring 3. I think the next few hours pass in kind of a haze, a very green haze for one of you. But nevertheless, they not much of it, I would say, sticks in your memory. You're Even though you managed to survive the swarm, you all have been received uh, dozens and dozens of bug bites. Um, that is probably, and it is, indeed it is, making you ill and feverish. There's no attempt to make camp. Everyone just sort of collapses at a certain point as they get deeper into the woods and sleeps and tries to recover. You've ended up in a sort of narrow band of stone outcrops, and there is more solid ground in this part of the gloaming mire that you're in. It does make it easy to collapse down and rest. And whenever you wake up, you'll be also be able to get a good view of the woods ahead but also what you've left behind. But everyone just sleeps. No watch. No conversation about what just happened. It's just overwhelming fatigue and fever. And you dream. I mentioned last time that you should all be thinking a lot about your drives as a general matter. What it would mean to accomplish your drive. What does your drive even stand for? And I think you're all going to dream of your drive. I would like for everyone to think about the moment that their drive, like the moment that your drive became important to you, that that turning point in your life where you said, this is what I have to do. I would like for you to describe that moment in the dream. And then I would like for another player to describe how that dream is becoming a nightmare, in particular a nightmare connected to this swamp 
to bugs, perhaps to burning saints, whatever you um, whatever you want to do. But whoever wants to describe their dream first, go ahead and um, do so. So Parda uh, is a usurped royal. So when he was a child, uh, his family was, you know, taken out in essentially a coup. Um, and uh, Parda was a young child, young enough, you know, like 10 or 12. And he fled uh, and remembers seeing two of the rival families, squires, uh, seeing him, uh, you know, covered in blood of my, you know, dead family members, terrified, and then just laughing uh, at my character, not thinking that he was a threat. They didn't even bother to kill me uh, because I was that pathetic to them. At least that's how I perceived it. And seeing them uh, uh, wiping their bloody swords off and laughing at me and just walking away in the cold of the night outside the castle uh, terrified me. And also um, just the utter, I'll show them uh, uh, kind of hate. And so the dream melds into being married to the heir of Nagana and marching back on that same castle, which has fallen into disrepair. The rival family just essentially did not manage their, their kingdom well. And it's known to be a, a, a shitty place of excess and like fall, everything's falling apart. So it would be easy to conquer and just coming in there and conquering them and, you know, um, reclaiming what is his and proving them wrong that I, I was a threat, uh, and uh that's uh that's my drive uh but yeah seeing the the watching on a brilliant morning the faces on the old you know squires now knights when they realize their mistake in letting me live and uh watching their heads go on the chopping block uh and uh just admiring and feeling the warmth of the sun on my face with uh, uh, my spouse, uh, the heir apparent, as we hold hands and watch them beheaded. Uh, I love it. Yeah. Caleb, and here I speak to you as a player, not as your character. Um, how does the gloaming mire or the events that you've all experienced so far, how does that start to intrude into the dream, into Parda's dream and make it nightmarish? Even though it is kind of partially nightmarish already but <laughs> um yeah all, all the beheadings stop arterial spurting and then uh bloom into verdant green which then takes over the headsman's block and the scaffold and uh you hear the crowd shouting and running back from the spreading green tide uh and then i guess you look over at your beloved and she's got I don't know, moss eyes, some sort of waving stalk. Uh, yeah. Seems pretty nightmarish. Yeah. Compared to what you've already described, your French Revolution. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Dream of, yeah. I love it. Thank yeah. you. Uh, let's check in with Akale. Akale, describe your dream about your drive. Uh, well, my drive is to resurrect the cult of Darwin. Um, 
This comes from his background of being a defrocked priest. It starts, the dream begins always as it does with being cast out into the cold, having no base, like no base of operations for his beliefs or anything, no foundation anymore. And the dream takes shape as a, as a warm hearth, a place that he finally feels accepted and safe and a place that he can, you know, bring others to, to help bring them out from the cold. Ross, mm-hmm. how does the nightmare manifest? As Akalai is welcoming in uh, a new adherent, you know, new new faithful who want the warm, warmth of the hearth, one of them uh, 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 approaches him totally cloaked and hooded. Uh, and Akalai says, oh, you can take your cloak off. It's warm in here. Please warm yourself at the fire. Uh, the, the stranger does. And when they pull back their hood, uh, it's just insects. Uh, just a, an infinite swarm of insects starts swarming out um, and uh, filling the entire space. Uh, they they gleefully fly in the fire and burning insects start lighting the tapestries on, on the walls on fire. Um, everything is fire and stinging insects. Um, I love it. Thank you. And Orlin, tell us about your dream. Uh, I suppose mine takes place uh, in the floorboards underneath a house um, due to my small size and the, the rats that horribly infested our village. I came to my occupation very early um, and it's, it's hearing my father talk about me and, and, and realizing that uh, he, you know, lamenting that my name will not be remembered in the village. So because though I serve a purpose, uh, it is it is temporary. The rats always come back. Uh, there is no permanence to my work. You know, I will I will never truly be a, a founder of the people. Um, and then just the deep memory of not wanting to come out of that crawl space afterwards, and and wanting to become a wisdom keeper and somebody whose name remembered. Yeah, um, nice. that'll be my dream, I guess. Yeah, I love it. Baz, make it nightmarish. <laughs> that reluctance to leave the crawl space uh, manifests further into the fact that you come to the realization that you are indeed one of the rats you swore to hunt. Yes, Kafkaesque. Yeah, I, I woke one morning to find myself a you giant are, rat. Yeah. You are, you are the true rodent. <laughs> you have true no rodent mouth. sounds like a punk band I played for once. You yeah. have no mouth yet. You must squeak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like for everybody to roll ruin real quick, okay? Because of the dreams. <clears throat> oh, it's actually even worse, Caleb. You're a uh, you're a raccoon. Oh no. How dare you? Not one of those fell beasts. Awesome. It goes up again. <clears throat> no, wait. No, it doesn't. Uh, if it is less than four, it is four, so I'm fine. Yeah, and uh, we got a 301 and a four. Everyone's okay on Ruin. Everyone wakes up. You can see the three of each other, or three of you can see each other. You have all been visibly scarred by not just the events of the last couple of days, but also your dreams. I think that Parda, you actually have a mossy green film over your eyes that you have to wipe out. It still causes your vision is still, you're still seeing things in green, but it has started to physically manifest now. Akale, you can still 
smell the char of St. Fatima. I don't know if this is a scar necessarily, but it's certainly something that you're not going to be able to shake because it, the burning smell in some ways it was her way of challenging your beliefs, right? Like her, her appearance was very much accusing, right? It was, how could you believe such things? You're a heretic. And by the way, look at me burn alive and not even care. Look at my power. Right. And there's a promise of two more saints somewhere in the gloaming mire. And Orlin, perhaps because you collapsed away from the group, no one sees it, only you see it. But your tongue has extended from your mouth as you lay there on your back, and it is swaying back and forth. It is swaying back and forth and almost communing with a small congregation of swamp vermin that have collected on your chest. Your tongue is whispering to them. It is speaking truths to them. And I'm curious what you think or how you react. Do I? Is it all green? No, not yours. That's that's just part of. Okay, your, your tongue is just a tongue, but it is um, speaking with its own mouth. Okay. Well, it's and it's much longer than I'm used to oh, having sure. my tongue. Oh, yeah. I assume. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know about Orland. My reaction would be cut that thing off. Uh, but that's probably not safe health wise. The Faculent Cathedral doesn't seem like the most sterile of medical environments. Um, but he's probably not thinking that. Yeah, I'm going to try and cut my tongue off. That's pretty terrifying. I don't want weird serpent tongue. I wanted to publish a paper about archaeology and the plants therein. I think when you go for your knife, your tongue whispers something to you that gives you pause. Maybe it makes you stop. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. I'll let you decide. But what does it tell you? It tells you something true. Um, to understand the truth of nature, you must speak its language. There we go. Do you still cut your tongue off? No, I imagine that will give me cause. My tongue's rather eloquent without me. Uh, so, uh, is it still just going to hang out there the no, whole time? Can, can I retract no, you can, it? Or no, you like... can retract it. I think just the fact that you were asleep is why it was able to do that. All right, so. good. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to go full slanesh. Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, okay. that was weird. Yeah. Eventually you all kind of like be together and th- it, you actually, you collapse in the middle of the day. And even though you slept, it's still the same day, just later in the day, mm. the sun is a little lower, but it's still the same day. Everyone is assuming that you kind of dig around in your pack for food or something along those lines. You will each discover something in your gear that a loved one or friend included uh they put in your they put with your stuff or they gave to you before you left a physical token of their affection what did you find and who is the person who left it there hmm like something they put in our our pack right before we left yeah something you uh, yeah like they gave either gave you something or they put it on your person okay a Elegant, like scrimshaw, uh, like tusk from like a 
one of the large cats of Nagana, uh, carved by the heir apparent herself. It is, uh, you know, has has intricate like spirits of protection and and good luck charms uh, inscribed upon the tusk. Uh, and I did not, and it is, uh, uh, bound to a, uh, chain for, as a necklace. So I, I see it and put it on. Nice. Yeah. I believe mine will be a, uh, a prism upon a necklace. The symbol of our, of the saint of demonologists, um, given to me by my, my uh, only friend in the order before I was kicked out, Jory. When I was leaving, he handed it to me and said, may it keep me safe. Um, I have a reliquary of St. Grabina, which is just a uh, bit of bone stem, which is a plant that grows that just has bamboo-like hardness, but everyone says it's the fingers of Grandmother Grabina. And uh, Dad could not bear to wish me luck in my stupid plan to go... uh, investigate ruins but he he could give me you know the equivalent of a rosary he found on the ground so good for him as as you make your way past this flat stony overlook to go deeper into the woods in search of the flocculent cathedral you'll start to see more evidence that this place used to be a place of life uh, of civilization at least it's very much still a place of life the crumbling structure that you left behind was the first large piece of evidence that there was an ancient people who used to be here. The next thing you'll find as you're kind of proceeding deeper in is what appears to be a handful of ancient um, sort of practice dummies. They're kind of standing up in an ankle deep bog and they've been impaled with rusting swords and rotting arrows. And there's sprays of dark red moss kind of blooming from the wounds uh, in quotes, the wounds uh, that the practice dummy has sustained, but that civilization is long gone. It has been replaced by fecundity by overwhelming life in the gloaming wire. At one point you pass by a wide shallow pool, perhaps a full 60 feet across filled to overflowing with clutches of frog eggs, the size of fat grapes. And of course, there's still the buzzing in your ears. There's still bird song, frog song. There are things splashing in the distance. And there is the overwhelming green of fresh rampant growth everywhere. And that concludes ring three. Ring four. Akale, you may recall that you made a friend before. Someone who shared your belief in the duplicity of the gods, of the saints. But it seems that that person has had something of a conversion since then. You all can hear him. He's ahead of you in the gloaming mire. You can hear him whispering prayers, except not really whispering. You can hear it very clearly what he's saying. Saint who spilled their blood for me, lain in flocculent reverie, I seek your light upon my brow. I would be your trophy now. 
Chained within this dank domain, your relics all that I retain, all your teachings I avow. I would be your trophy now. This foul entombment of your will, I would not see you slumber still. No quarter to what men allow. Take me as your trophy now. But the journey continues. You never come upon him. (laughs) At a certain point, you come upon a trio of individuals. Bloated and reeking of rot. Hundreds of black and purple mushrooms, the color of ugly bruises, sprout everywhere from their skin. They squat around a long dead campfire in some sort of bizarre pantomime of their former life. They don't seem to be aware of you at first. But when they do become aware of you, they move slowly. They shamble. There's no danger from them. You can put distance between you and them easily enough. But their appearance is objectively horrifying, I suppose. But there's more to it than that. They turn to you and they stretch their puffed up, bloated hands out and their thick tongues, which fill their mouths. They look at you and they call out, One of them has a piece of paper, a map perhaps, and they jab it with their thick finger trying to explain something to you. They do get up and they begin to shamble forward. I'd like for everyone to make a ruin roll first. Damn, Parda. Parda is going up. Parda, how do you feel upon seeing these? Uh, Nauseous. Uh, Just revulsion it is uh, utter, the, the the desecration of the human form uh they like my first thought is god they should have someone should grant them a merciful death not me though i don't want to get my hands dirty but like uh that is ugh. yeah let me sharpen up my question a bit and ask mm-hmm. you this looking at them mm-hmm. they appear green to you but the the green fades away on the part of their body or the part of their being or something they have with them that reveals that these three individuals are the three of you. What is it? Oh, they remind. How do you know? They are us. Uh, That's well, maybe, maybe not, but they remind me of us. Um, Yeah. uh, Each of them is each, each of the three rotted uh has something that is emblematic oh one of them is tattooed uh mm. like accolade uh one of them has a uh belt of dead rats you know, like rat skulls um and uh one of them uh has a uh tunic with the the colors of my house very good. Yeah. And those are the only things that appear in their normal color for yeah. you. Now, here's where I would like to tell you all that in Trophy Dark, uh, you cannot do combat for purposes of defeating a monster. You can only do it to escape 
Um, if you try to kill a monster in Trophy Dark, you always die. And so these things are, they are lumbering closer. And they keep pointing at that paper. They want you to see something. Akale, what do you do? I'm going to use trickery as, as a skill. And I'm going to run from them while in the process. Uh, let's see. Um, I'm going to die real quick just for myself to kind of randomly decide which one of you guys is getting screwed over. So, Caleb, you'll be one through three and Ross, you're four through six. Thanks. I appreciate that. All right, Ross. I, uh, as I run away, I, uh, I just try to I stick my leg out and push him across so he kind of falls over my leg. <laughs> so I knock Ross down as I run away in an opposite direction from those awful, awful creatures. Pardo, you've been knocked down and pushed toward. Now, actually, this is a really good opportunity for a contest role mm-hmm. because I assume you would for the, want that to not happen, Pardo. Yeah, I would. I would. I'd grab on probably <laughs> yes. to Ackley as Ackley is the closest yeah. to me and try and hold on. Uh, Let's yeah. talk about the contest role. Okay. If you want to follow along, you can hover over the the text of it on the left there of the mm-hmm. sheet. It says, "When treasure hunters act against each other, compete." or want to inflict harm on each other, you first agree what's at stake. And it sounds like basically what's at stake is whether Parta gets uh, basically like kind of thrown to these creatures so the others can escape, or at least so uh, uh, Akale can escape. And then we're going to build some dice. We're going to get dice pools going. Now you both get a light die if you have a skill that would help you in this. So for Akale, trickery, I think, probably almost certainly gives you a light die. Parda, um, commands, symbols, rituals, and alchemy don't feel helpful here, but I will let you, um, if you want to make a case, you certainly can. Uh, command would be, I could yell out to them, is uh, know your betters, dogs, you know, hoping that they remember, you know, their station in life uh, as... Oh, to the to the bloated creatures? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, try... Okay, I like that, yeah. yeah, yeah. Keep them at bay. Yeah. yeah. I am okay, of royal blood. Get away from me. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. All right. So you've got two light dice. Okay. And then you take a light die for each mark of ruin that you currently have. And here you have an advantage part of because you have five ruin. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have six light dice, Parta, and you have five light dice, Akale. And then you take a dark die if the contest is inherently dangerous. I think it is. Yep. And so now it's six, one, and five, one. And then you take as many additional dark dice as you wish. But here's the thing. You're going to roll your dice once you've made your wager, essentially. And whoever has the most sixes is the winner of the contest. What they want to happen happens. But if any of your dark dice come up with a one, then your ruin goes up by one. And it can go up more than one. So you don't have a lot of runway. Neither of you do, really. But you really don't, Parta. Mm -hmm. So just be mindful of that. And so your current minimum is... Six and one and five and one. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can put as many extra dark dice as you wish. If you go to the contest roll die roller, you can just punch in the number. Mm-hmm. And when you both have your number, let me know and we'll roll. Hmm. You don't have to say out loud. We, yeah. It's generally a secret. Okay. Wager. Curse your inevitable betrayal. Yeah. This is so we cool. each we each get one dark die by default. Just by default. Dangerous. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then you can add more. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah. I shall. But every, if any dark die comes up a one, your ruin goes up by one. 
So. Oh, what's the cho- chances of rolling that many ones <laughs> in a row? Come on. Two? Two ones? <laughs> yeah, just two. Yeah, what's the like chance of two ones? We're fine. <laughs> Pretty high, actually. Never, yeah. never tell me the odds. Never tell me the odds, yeah. All right, I'm ready. Me too. All right, let's roll them up. Okay. All right. Um, so Akale got uh, added two extra dark dice and got one six. Parda added just one extra dark die, but got two sixes. Parda, you are the winner, and nobody's ruin goes up. Parda, you get to describe how you um, stop Akale's plan here and cause the creatures to not, like, you, you are not, like, in danger of them. Like, you, you're kind of in control. What does it look like? Uh, so Akale trips me, and my arm just instinctively goes out and grabs him by the shoulder. So I pull him down with me. Um, and, uh, then as they're approaching, I yell out to the bloated creatures, uh, I am of royal blood. Know your station. Bow to, you know, uh, bow to us, uh, bow to me. Uh, and they do so remembering, you know, just, just instinct of commoners, uh, uh, you know, after, you know, a lifetime of, uh, being beaten if you don't bow, uh and and they bow uh in a gruesome rotting way part of their bodies falling off uh as they do so and i kind yeah, of I, sh- I bet they burst as they kind of fall right yeah, yeah. and i kind of shove up pushing off of accolade to to shove him further into the ground and me to get back up uh and uh yeah i i then sc- you know shuffle away yeah very very panicked uh but uh Orlin, I'm curious um, yeah. what your reaction is to all this. This is all happening in moments, right? But I'm curious yeah. how you react. Uh, Orlin's not really into violence. That's a raccoon's job. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is. Does my can my tongue talk to these guys? Can I make out what sure. they're saying? Yeah, I think Orlin would mostly be. I curious. love that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, if you want to try to do that, I mean, it's a little bit difficult now because they are. Well, I didn't realize I had a tongue that long, so like I'm not even sure what I roll for that. Yeah, they're currently flailing around on the ground. Is the problem right? Mm-hmm. They they have they sort of like were obeying Parda's command, you know, like. And they started to genuflect, you know, and then they fell and their their bulk uh because they're kind of splitting open and they don't have great like motor you know motor control of their bodies because of all the growths and stuff and the distended nature of their bodies they're just kind of flailing about they're no danger right now um so i guess orlin i want to know what do you want to know from them i mainly want to know what they're saying like what are they so urgent to communicate to us yeah yeah i like it if you discover what they say, are you going to tell the others or keep that to yourself? I guess that depends on what I'm hearing. Yeah. I'll I, tell you what they say. Okay. You will be able to interpret their speech because your tongue is whispering what they're saying to you inside your mouth. They are saying that the saints are false. The sisters of the gloaming mire are not the sisters. They are something else. They are demons they are monstrosities what do you do with that information i am going to keep that to myself currently it doesn't seem terribly relevant to the wrestling match ongoing um so i'm going to slip that one in my back uh satchel pouch i guess it yeah, very good very good yeah. let's take a moment to catch our breaths here 
Parda, you are at Rune 5, and you're entitled to do the reduction role. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can betray the group. You certainly probably have no fond feelings for Akle <laughs> at this point, considering yeah. their behavior. You can betray the group in the future in order to get your uh, your ruin down. So just be, bear that in mind. Um, yeah, actually, now that you think about it, um, uh, I'd like to do it now. Uh, uh, as Akale as was also pulled to the ground, uh, I imagine uh, some of his possessions uh, spilled on the ground. And I want to uh, try and grab uh, some of them before he notices. Yeah. Um uh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, just a quick point of order. I think Akalei's they them. Just oh, sorry. Is it? Um, yeah. As you, oh, uh, Akalei, are you okay with <laughs> part of rummaging around or really bads out of character? It's uh, Akalei lives an ascetic life. There's not much that is wrong. There's almost, uh, <laughs> take uh, that part of <laughs> take that, <fucko. laughs> But I would say that he did lose his prism necklace. It did fall from the, the chain snapped and scattered across the ground. Do you take that? Uh, yeah, definitely. You can go ahead and make the ruin roll to see if um, ruin or reduction Akale, or reduction. Sorry, yeah, if Akale notices, you got a four, so you're good. Yeah, um, it goes unnoticed. What do you do with it? Uh, I just look at it, um, weigh it for a moment. Um, and I don't want to be caught with it, so I'm just going to throw it away. Interesting. It's not useful to me. Well, yeah, I, I wouldn't imagine a prism would be useful to me. Uh, so I'm going to, I don't want to be, I, I, I don't want Accolade to find out I have it. Uh, so I throw it away. You can walk around these pathetic creatures unless there's something else you want to do with them, but otherwise you can just keep going. Yeah, I, I would like to keep going. They seem weird, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to get a lot of publisher information out of these guys. <laughs> Probably not. Did anybody figure out what what, they, what that piece of paper they were carrying was? Does that um, you can grab it if you want? Uh, if it's safe, like I yeah, would. you can. Yeah, All right, they're... I will. I will pick it up with a stick so I can kind of look at it first. Is it define safe? Yeah, uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I don't want to touch it with my hand. I, like I'll get a piece of cloth out to like touch it or whatever. Uh, I don't want to touch it. Like make skin contact with it. Um, and just kind of look at it to see if it's like a map or something that I can, yeah. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a drawing of a holy symbol okay. of one of, of one of the sisters. I hadn't thought about what sister it is, uh, but we'll say it's, uh, uh, we'll say it's St. Aria. She's probably like the biggest, most important of the sisters um, in the setting. She is the torchbearer. She is the one that goes down into the depths with you to light your way. Right. And, that kind of indicates that these people were treasure hunters themselves, right? Mm-hmm. But what they were trying to point out, well, I want to check your skills to see if anybody can deduce that. Demons, negotiation, trickery, omens, rituals and symbols. I think between demons and rituals and, and or demons and symbols between Akale and Parda, you can certainly figure out what what they were trying to point out. The symbol of um of St. R. the Torchbearer is it is a pair of torches with a sword kind of like bisecting them, right? Mm-hmm. But it's been made profane. Something has made the symbol profane or it's been drawn in a profane way. This is what they were trying to convey to you that this is that, that the, the religiosity of this place is false. Hmm. Taking a glance at it, 
part of what is the profanity? Uh, you no, know, that's what they were trying to convey to you. That it is uh, profane. Um, there are symbols in the torches that look a bit like uh, stars at night or like the the gleam of a jewel. And uh, I know that is a symbol of a soul. Uh, like the symbols of, you know, s- stars leaving a battlefield. That that would be, you know, the souls going to the afterlife uh, is a common religious painting topic and that they're in the flame of the torch means that uh uh she is burning the souls as fuel they're they're not what she is protecting is it is what she is using as fuel um and uh that is intensely uh blasphemous and uh yeah profane uh now of course you don't know what orlin knows but you do know what you've just looked at yeah and I think at this point we just should just have the scene with the three of you here at the end of this because Akle attacked. <laughs> Parda, <laughs> Parda has found this piece of paper. Attacked. There's a lot going on here. And once you've once you've given some space to the three bloated creatures, the three bloated treasure hunters, let's just uh, let's just have that scene. Role play. Yes. Well, um, I, 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 this uh, symbol is quite disturbing. I, I think. Um, these three damn souls were, uh, uh, trying to hint that the, the sisters are not what they seem. I, we should, uh, be careful. Wouldn't you agree, Akale? Oh, it's almost as if the shit I was saying earlier has somehow come to light now. Yes. And what a mm. good shepherd you are, uh, protecting your, the, your fellow travelers from harm. I thought we were all aware of this, the, the score here, and we're not friends. We're merely allies of convenience. Yes, you wouldn't understand the burdens of leadership, uh, so I'm not surprised. Um, Orlin, we, we'd be... Yeah, well, it appears your family didn't understand the principles of leadership either, or you would still have a family. Well, such is the burden of the noble nobility um, that the commoner cannot even phantom. Um Arlen, uh, perhaps uh, we should be wary of further uh, manifestations of the same. Maybe uh, the sisters are not something to pray to. Uh, I, I've suspected as much, but I I don't know who to trust. Yes, well, I would say Darawan's not on that list if uh, that deity's best acolyte is here. Um <laughs> Oh no, I I don't trust him for one moment. Yeah, but neither do I trust. Says you. the one with a serpent tongue with knobs on it. I I, I see cures for maladies. I cannot prevent them all. We uh, can cure that malady right now. I'm not sure the others are even aware of yeah. that. I yeah, yeah, I think that's oh, we're not. Orleans oh, we haven't yeah. seen the nub tongue no, yet. <laughs> you, no, no, yeah. you haven't seen that yet. No, that's, yeah. That is to be revealed still. Okay. And, and I certainly haven't mentioned anything about my fucked up vision. So understand that there are lures and there are drives. Both can take the pest towards a trap. I, I've I've no reason to trust the mushroom besotted men any more than the um moss mad bear eaten bandits that we encountered before 
uh, nor him, nor you. I, 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 I do not know which, which saint is uh, truthful and which is demonic. Uh, I can only rely upon my own powers. If we could trust the bear. <laughs> the bear, you know, you stand where you know where you stand with the bear. Yeah, that's for sure. There's, there's no. There's you no obviously distinct. know. Yeah, you you obviously thought you could trust the bear because you brought it into a camp to attack people. Like no. Harder. I, I, I think I. I think, did. I think the corruption is coming from inside the house. I, I've not been assaulted by anything but pests that are observing their own nature since I've been here. I've been accosted by some gentlemen in need of hygiene who wanted to communicate something to me on a map. I've met some strange people with uh, very pit fighting specific customs, but I, I have yet to be assaulted by anything but mosquitoes and you two. Uh, yeah, I, I, we should calm each other. If we are going to be fellows, we should cooperate. Uh, but this madness has to end, especially between you two. I was assaulted by your charred girlfriend. Uh, I, I, it was a person I had to fight with a knife in a pit. I, I, which does, and to be clear, that doesn't give you an excuse to light that person on fire. Uh, I, 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 your, your God's entire form of reasoning baffles me. Uh, there, there seems to be no observation or experiment in it. Oh, that was, that was, that was all me. That was God. That was just my choice. I didn't even consult with my God for that one. I was just, then perhaps we should do that. Perhaps we should rely on ourselves. Uh, not look to gods and saints, which may be what they are or may not be, uh, and attempt to get through this. That, that can be my only contribution. I, if if you wish me to grab a knife and join Confederate with one of you against the other, it's not going to happen. I would, Friends. Yeah. Friends. Let the peace of the sisters descend upon your troubled countenances. The bear, <laughs> the bear is talking to you. It has wandered into the clearing where you're having this argument. Look, we're having a conversation right now, bear. <laughs> it is covered in patches of green moss. It has wounds. When it speaks, it doesn't move its jaw. It just opens its mouth and the voice comes out of its gullet. It says, I... I'm the harbinger of St. Fionn of the woods. St. Fionn will be here momentarily to collect her offerings for the creatures of the forest. What offerings? And it spreads its big clawed hands out. What offerings will you give to her when she arrives? I'd like everyone to roll ruin. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I had that highlighted. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, wait. No, damn it. Akale <laughs> uh, got a five going up to five. Parda's got a three. You're good. And Orla, did you roll three as well? Yes. All right. So, Akale, you're getting your first condition because you're going up for the first time. Yay. I think your condition is going to be... You started to notice it a couple of days ago as you approached the gloaming mire, but hard travel over hard land. It's not the sort of thing you would take note of, but you were feeling a lot of pain in your boots, but you can tell now that you have lost all movement in your toes. Indeed, you can see your feet 
starting to burst out of your boots. They are not feet. Well, they are, but they're they're more like twisted flesh. Flesh twisted into the shape of hooves bursting from your boots. How do you feel when you see this? Um, not good. Gonna level with you. <laughs> uh, um, uh, anger, <clears throat> anger that I decided to ever come to this cursed forest, and further hatred for whatever saint avatar is in front of me right now. What say you, noble-blooded? The bear says as it strokes your cheek, Parda. The royal lineages have always ever been faithful to the sisters. What will you offer her? I I wonder if they truly need any tithing. Uh, I, I hold up the picture. Um, do, surely they have a bounty of souls to use as fuel for their hearth. St. Fion must collect the offerings, must collect food for the forest. That is her responsibility to make sure that the creatures, oh, of course, the flora, the fauna, are able to eat. Okay, so let's see here. My character knows alchemy. Would it be possible to offer up a ration, but to secretly poison it? She, the bear, yeah. looks at you. I mean, I'm saying that out of character. I'm not like. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah I know. Um, yes, you can do that. Okay. I think that the bear will kind of lean in and make it more clear what it means. St. Fion requires flesh, blood freshly spilled. Surely your two companions are unworthy of this place and can find worth on the sacrificial altar at this point i i no i i do not i i will not slay my travelers questionable as their honor is i will not slay them for behalfs of a deity who does not practice hypocrisy the bear wanders off into the tree line, and it says, Your heresy is noted. So was yours. Her, av- <laughs> her avatar approaches, and the bear recedes into the woods. And you start to hear some rustling from the tops of the trees, from branches high above behind you. You start to hear the heavy footfalls, hooffalls of a very, very massive creature as it approaches. What do you all do? Hmm. Seems like a good time to run. Yeah. Orlin doesn't say that. Orlin just starts running. Yeah. That seems like a good idea. I, I didn't. That. I didn't. I didn't claim to offer anything. I yeah. made no promises. I'm... All right. I attempt to trip. Part again as I run. no kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I simply just run this time. Yeah, I think yeah, we're all ready. You are quickly beset, or not beset, but behind you, chasing you. If you look back, 
a colossal stag. The color of jade. It's jade to everyone, not just Parta. <laughs> it is 15 feet high at the shoulder, meaning it stands in total probably 20, 25 feet at the tips of its incredibly large antlers. Said antlers are razor sharp, overgrown with thick moss and lichen. The creature lets out a keening wail, and its nostrils spew clouds of foul-smelling spores as it does so. It is giving chase, and it's much quicker than you because of its impressive stride. And it swings the antlers left and right, clearing, serrating, cutting trees and brush out of its way to get to you. The ground shakes as it charges. Akale, your own hooved feet are perhaps a bit awkward under you. You are also at Ruin 5 and entitled to do reduction rolls to betray the group. Parda, just because you're no longer at Ruin 5 doesn't mean you're not entitled to do reduction rolls. You get to keep doing them. Mm-hmm. Orlin, I don't know if you ever made it to Ruin 5 or not. I'm, I'm still at 4. Yeah. Yeah. So, Orlin, you cannot do reduction rolls, but nevertheless, those of you who can, are you going to take this advantage right now to try to give yourself a one-up? Uh, yeah, I'm not going to slay my fellow travelers, but um, I'm <laughs> definitely, uh, let's see, probably going to uh, veer away, hoping, you know, uh, that... They go after someone. Try and hide so that the deer, uh, so the stag goes after someone else. Like, if if I'm not in view, maybe it'll chase someone else. That was uh, actually my, uh, also the same thing I was going to do, leaving uh, Orlin in the middle. Just Orlin exposed. <laughs> yeah, in the middle. As, as Ross goes, as, as uh, <clears throat> Parter goes one direction, uh, Accolade will go the other direction. Yeah, yeah I turn by this way and there's no one behind me. Yeah, so I just keep exactly. running. Yeah. Uh, let's have a reduction roll to see if Orlin picks up on the two of you, basically, <laughs> sort of in, indirectly throwing uh, him under the bus, under the hoof, as it were. I rolled equal to my rune. <clears throat> okay. So, uh, Akale's treachery is apparent, Orlin. <laughs> um, <laughs> Orlin, how do you know? Uh, Parda's is not because Parda got a two, but okay. uh, how do you know Akale? Uh, clearly means to leave you to the oh. creature, Orlin. Keel, if I can answer this for you, I say, uh, curse you, Orlin! <laughs> yeah, past history, uh, <laughs> his eyes, um, forensic evidence? Uh, yeah, d- take your pick. Uh, indeed, he, indeed. He's not presented himself as very trustworthy. Yeah, The two of them are safe. Mm-hmm. You are... The creature is there. It... I think by the time you look back at it, it has one of the bloated treasure hunters stabbed on its rack of antlers, and it's just sloshing him back and forth. It's mucky fungal juices just spraying everywhere. It itself breathes out spores. It breathes out purple spores. It's probably how the treasure hunters got their infection to begin with. And this thing is just bearing down atop you. This might be ritual time in order to escape. It might be, you know, that might be called for here. Um, but how are you going to try to survive this? I can't do a reduction roll. So I, I will try uh, a ritual. I will try and entangle it so I can run okay, away. Very good. Very good. Fast and dirty ritual. Yeah. Um, 
it's a risk roll. You get your first light die for plants, no problem. But before that, uh, Baz and Ross and I get to say what we think could go wrong here if you fail. Um, <laughs> I think enough. you might end up on the other side of the rack of antlers uh, <laughs> from where the bloated guy is. But if Ross Fair or enough. Baz has something more interesting, I'm open to hearing it. Um, the 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 entangling roots you summon farther reaching than you would have intended mm. and managed to find yourself in the entangling roots as well. Uh, another thing is that it actually it does work, but the um you tangle the stag and the um it trips over but the momentum uh pulls the corpse off the antlers and uh, it flings forward and you have to stop a moment to to throw it so you get hit you basically like the corpse just explodes like a water balloon uh like a bloated corpsey water balloon of mushroom juice and uh yeah so that that would be all fabulous ideas. Let's continue with the dice. So you've got your plants, your skill die for the plants. And now devil's bargains. A reminder, this is something that if you accept the bargain from one of us, you get the die, but you also, but whatever the bargain is, is, is absolutely true. Mm-hmm. Everyone gets to make an offer. I'm going to make mine though, mm-hmm. because I've been thinking about it for a while. <laughs> no matter what, you're going to run into grandmother Gerbina at the end of all this. Okay. Or something in the guise of Grandmother Gravina, to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> or it, it could be either or <laughs> either either possibility. Mm-hmm. Does everyone have to make an offer, or is it no? It take, people, okay, people with pass, but uh, but, yeah, yeah. but Ross I and lo- are entitled to. <laughs> I like Jason's quite a lot, actually. <laughs> so, um, the only other thing I could say is that um, the the other possibility would be like the entangling ritual causes roots to wrap around your ankles uh, and you realize they're coming out from your ankles, like from your foot. You know, and so like uh, regardless of what happens, like there are, there's roots growing out of your legs now. I'll, I'll take Robina. Yeah. I already got weird. Good. I already got a weird tongue. I don't need to put <laughs> root ankles on top of that. That's so right. is that a dark two light dice? Yeah. And you okay. have to do a dark die because of the ritual. So it's risk two light, one dark. Okay. Six dark. Uh, you have to stop because dark is high. Uh, yeah. Also, it's higher than your current ruins. So your ruin goes up. Yeah, it is a full success. It is a full success. So, describe. Uh, this is your moment. Describe how you use the ritual to escape the uh, this. This either is Saint Fionn or it's some manifestation of Saint Fionn. Of the um, alleged Saint Fionn. <laughs> I, I have I have, you know, Tupelo's clothes around behind me and 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 bar the giant thing's pass by tangling it. Um yeah, it, and then I, I scutter through the root systems and, and get out the other side and, and just book it as it as it, you know, I imagine makes a horrible stag monster sound as it is mm. held within the, you know, winding root systems of the swamp. Indeed, indeed. Everyone is separated now. Catch your breath. It's almost as if the gloaming mire is also letting out an exhalation at the end of this encounter. You each are approaching it from different directions, but you will see through the trees glints of silver and jade. And Parda, you see the silver as well. Mm. You can hear hymns being sung hymns in the voice of the fen, perhaps.
perhaps it sounds like the buzzing of insects, the croaking of frog song. Perhaps it's something else. But it has order. It is not just chaos. It is not just random environmental noises. The flocculent cathedral is ahead. It is not actually a stone cathedral. It is a natural grove of massive, tightly packed trees, utterly overgrown with thick layers of moss. So many feet thick, in fact, so it just looks like a large, shambling, moss-covered structure. But curiously, it does have, it has a cathedral bell tower. There is a bell in the middle of these trees that have formed a vaguely tower-shaped shape above the above the cathedral there's also a large pool of water that the cathedral rests in it's almost like a it's not quite a lake but it's a very very large pool of water scummy and green that the cathedral's rising out of the water is not very thick or very deep you can wade through it and indeed you will all get a chance. You arrive at different times, but you'll all get a chance to get close to the cathedral. Indeed, there are tiny gaps in the structure that allow you to just barely glimpse what's inside. A smooth altar of meteoric iron, delicately wrought silver candelabras, statues making up the stations of the saints, and a very large green leather tome atop a lectern that has silver pages. I'll remind you that the friend you found in the earlier part of the forest uh, spoke of this book, the silver book. There are even stone pews all around, draped in thick moss, decadent and somnolent. Grandmother Gabrina appears to you, Orlin, and just you. You're not even aware of the other two at this point. How does she look? Because that would depend on whether she's a lie or not. Well, no, it wouldn't. She would lie and look like the regular way. So a, a saintly old grandmother with a uh, wicker basket full of, you know, various plucked, uh, you know, herbs and spices and flowers and, you know, she's earth mother archetype. My son, I'm so happy you have managed to make it here. I knew you would be able to find it. Look at this place, overflowing with life. It is sacred ground. It is where the spiritual meets the natural, and it is exquisite, wouldn't you say? Uh, yes, it is the revelation which I have sought. You must get inside the cathedral before the others. You must. Because if you don't, the sister who is there, she will turn them against you. I shall do my best, grandmother. I know a secret way, a secret way into the cathedral. It might just allow you to reach the interior, the heart first. Do you want me to whisper it to you? <laughs> God damn it. Uh, perception 
would that give me any clue as to whether this is a trick or not? Yeah. You, you know what you know. Right. <laughs> uh, certainly, Grandmother, but I, I must be sure to arrive intact. Otherwise, I cannot present my offerings. Fear not. And she puts her gnarled hand on yours. And she uses her fingers to gently part your lips. And your tongue, slug-like, writhes out. And her tongue slithers out as well. And they interlock. And she whispers the truth to you. The cathedral cannot be penetrated from the outside. Most people who attempt it try to go in through the bell tower. That's the long way. That's the hard way. The secret way is you can dive under the water. There's a deep part that leads up into a well that goes directly into the center of the cathedral. She withdraws from you and gently strokes your cheek. Make a ruin roll. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, a one. Hey. This is... um. I think not only are you not affected by this in a negative way, I think maybe you are reassured in some way. How are you feeling right now? I mean, hey, getting to make out to make out. Uh, you know, old old demon ladies need love too, and you know, tongue whispering, whatever you're into. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not one to look a gift saint demon in the mouth, so to speak. So, Orland's a simple man with simple tastes. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Very good. Parda and Akale, mm-hmm. you arrive before Orlan because you abandoned Orlan to, <laughs> to, to St. Fionn. <laughs> You've seen everything as I've described it. The only obvious way is up through the bell tower. Now, you all can go together. You can try to stop each other. You can try to help each other. Oh, I'm taking my shortcut. Yeah. Yeah, the Parda and Akale, as you arrive, you see the bell tower. Yeah. You can see that it's the only way in. There's no door or anything otherwise into the structure. What do you do? Look, Parda, everything that took place up until this point is of no consequence. We've made it to our destination. I think it's best that we work together to find our way in there. But let's water the bridge, things that have taken place before. And let us let us achieve our goal since we now find ourselves at the door. I just want to know your like. I just want to make sure our goals are not mutually exclusive. Like, you you want to bring about um your god uh, Darawan, is it? You mentioned that before. I think. Uh, I just want to bring. I just want to establish reestablish the cult. Yeah. How? What is in there that'll help you do that? Do you? Uh, know? I was hoping to find that when I got in there. Okay. So. I my goal is I'm far more humble. I just need some impros- impressive uh, treasure, a, a trophy, if you will, uh, to to take back to the kingdom of Nagana to prove to them that I am worthy of the heir. Um, so, um, as long as I get my pick of the treasure, then I believe uh, you can use it if you need to. But I I'm the one who has to take it, cl- claim ownership of the treasure at the end. You understand that, right? 
this is fine. I have no problem with it. As long as we understand each other, I think we, the, we, we can come to a concordance. The material constraints of this world have no bearing on the cult of Darawan. We merely am here for enlightenment and for... So, yes, any treasure belongs to you. Excellent. Of course. Excellent. Um, I I think this is uh, suitable then. Yes, uh, uh, climbing is an activity better done uh, with help. Uh, solo climbing so- is... Rather dangerous, but uh, together a, we we can make a, uh, it an easy task. I sure hope Orland's okay. You know, I'm well, sure he, he he was a rat catcher. He knows how rats act. He just had to think about that and uh, being a small cr- creature scurrying away from a larger predator. I'm sure he knows all about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm. I wouldn't worry. Uh, and, uh, we will be helping, uh, uh, Orland because, uh, we'll be leaving the ropes behind, I'm sure. Uh, and that'll, that, that, uh, will, uh, help him with his, his climb. Uh, which brings me to the next, uh, point part of, um, I don't know how to climb. Oh, well, um, I, we did some of it. Uh, uh, I'm not an expert by any means, but it looks like a fairly climbable thing. You have some rope and uh, spikes and a hammer, right? Absolutely not. You don't even have rope? No, I came came with what I have on me. <sighs> what treasure hunter doesn't even have rope? It's the most basic of tools. <laughs> but my... Much like my skills and the treasure I search, it's all metaphysical. I don't, I don't actually own well, anything. Well, no, you have a belt. Uh, you have some rope. That that. Well, I guess you call it your belt, but that 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 will help. Um, I this this is a very small piece of rope. Well, it it'll be helpful, I'm sure. Um, and what of my pants? Well, we all have to make sacrifices, don't we, Akalai? I'm just gonna climb up this bell tower bare ass the whole time. Yeah. Uh so uh yeah, I I uh we will get to climbing. Um I, I would have some Indeed. and yeah. And my, my also I don't know if you've noticed, um my feet don't seem to be quite uh meant for climbing. I was as wondering much as, about that. Oh <laughs> yeah. Yes. Or I don't notice uh these don't seem to have much climbing potential in them. Although goat maybe not with a rope, climbers. but maybe you could like goat up it. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, those. Billy Goat up just like yeah, you can Billy Goat up, yeah, yeah, yeah. Goats are great climbers, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, they have four legs, of course, but you know, it's neither here nor there. And then we'll get some more ruin and like get hooved hands, and then I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah. You're just like, yeah. um, Orlin, by the time you arrive at the Flockland Cathedral and glimpse into the into the uh, the crevices in the structure to see what's inside. By the time, as you're kind of pulling away from it, you will see on the other side, you will see your two companions climbing up the bell tower as Grandmother Grabrina said, Grabina said they would be. And you can find the deep part of the pool that connects up with the well, the alleged well that will take you up into, uh, into the, into the cathedral faster. Indeed, it's much faster. This is an out of character consideration. Ross and Baz, if you don't care that Orlin reaches the interior first, then we'll just let that happen. Otherwise, we can do a contest roll to see who gets there first. You mean dead Orlin? Poor dead Orlin? Abandoned in the woods? Yeah, I, I believe in Orlin. Yeah, I know Orlin was the best person to get away from that giant you, mythical tag. <laughs> you don't know that we abandoned you. You merely know that we were attempting to escape as, as you were. We yeah, I, like I forgot that... 
five minutes of conversation before we started running. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm fine with Orlin reaching there first. I, yeah, I, I don't that, know. yeah, it doesn't matter to me. Um, Same. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm not sure if I want to get in there at all, but we'll see. As Orlin dives down into the pool, as the two of you slowly <laughs> negotiate the bell tower, we sort of scan down the cathedral and we see a trio of leather armored corpses their helms staved in they are tangled up in a cluster of moss growing over them they are becoming part of the structure emerald green spiders are scuttling over their bones and that concludes ring four ring five at least one treasure hunter makes their way inside the cathedral Orlin, Grandmother Grabina did not lie. You have to hold your breath for a bit, but you are able to swim down and then back up. And you appear in a well, and then you climb the little bit, 20 feet or so out of the well, to come right up into the center of the cathedral. And it's as I described before, there are There's a lectern with a silver book. There's a large altar made of meteoric iron, silver candelabras lighting the place. They're all lit. And the pews, the moss-covered pews. You even see a few skeletons on the pews, people who sat down in reverie, in piety, who knows how many centuries ago and just died or rotted away. Not unlike those two lovers that you found before that were feeding each other on the rock. Orlin, how can you tell, despite everything that you have been, that's been hinted at to you or told to you, how can you tell that this is a holy place? Uh, Just the sheer verdant nature of the plant life around it. Uh, I have an innate trust for such things and, I don't believe that anything truly corrupt could could grow this verdant and green clean. Yeah. You're here. What do you do? Uh, there's a big silver book, right? I, I approach that. Yeah. Indeed. The book is bound in green leather. The pages are silver. And they have written in them, if you flip the pages... It is stories of the ancient world, of ancient Kaldur, of the time when the sisters were mortal, when they walked the earth as mortal women and ministered to the people of that ancient past. It's the story of the saints. It's the story of a history of this place. The book is incredibly valuable. Whether it can leave this place or not is not entirely clear, but nevertheless, it is a fantastic object. You start to become aware of three looming presences, tall, towering presences. They are ethereal, they're transparent, they're silvery. On the left is a woman on fire 
on the right, you know it's Grandmother Grabrina. She is still old, but she seems more ramrod straight, more powerful. And in the center is a woman who wears a crown made of antlers. And they speak to you with one voice, though you can catch the crackle of flame in the voice or the wavering of the elderly in the voice. But they say, beneath the Flockland Cathedral is a direct passage to Old Caldor. Here you will find unimaginable treasures. You will have access to the lost history, the histories that have faded from memory. You can bring this truth to the world, and you can know that you are greatness. But in order to reach these lost depths, you must spill blood on the altar. You must make a sacrifice of the interlopers who are even now trying to gain access to this place. And here you will notice that there is a dagger made of meteoric iron on the altar. Lie in wait and take them one by one. Spill their blood upon the metal and the treasures of the ancient world are yours. Your tongue whispers inside your mouth, what came before was false, but what you see now is true. What do you do, Orlin? Um, can I make a plants roll? Uh, what are you trying to just tell me what you, uh, I am trying to rig up some sort of contact poison with the book. Oh, very good. I like that. Yeah. You can absolutely do that. Um, and then I'm going to hide with that knife. Yeah. Good. Sometime later, the two of you managed to reach the bell tower. You're at the top of the bell tower. There is a bell hanging there. And there is a ringer that you can reach. And there's stairs that are essentially sort of branches that have been kind of molded into the shape of a spiraling staircase that go down into the down into the cathedral. Let's just have the two of you there at the top of the bell tower. Uh, yeah, part is looking at the the bell to see you know, if there's any symbols. Like, what is this a bell of? What what does tolling it actually do? Like, what is, what did they intend for it to do? Ah, uh, very good. Um, I will tell you since you do have the appropriate skills. If you ring the bell, mm, let me see how I want to. I know what I want to say, but I want to make sure I conceptualize it the right way for you. If you ring the bell, you will summon the creatures of the, of the mire of the wood. They will respond to it. They will come to worship. Hmm. I will keep, it's like, huh, this is, I guess every church is the same. What, 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 what are the symbols on the bell that make you think that? Uh, the symbols, um, 
it is a there's symbols on the uh large trees uh and on the branches of the trees are songbirds and their songs are going up to the heavens uh they're singing to all the stars in the sky the souls uh, of the afterlife and below at the bottom of the trees all the animals are gathering a flock to service um so yeah well do you ring the bell or do you let it be uh no i look at Ackley. i said well <laughs> it, it guess every church is the same they always have a bell to signal service uh for the faithful yeah, I I would leave that bell alone, Barna. Uh, yes, I I intend to. I don't. <clears throat> uh, the faithful to this area are not people I want to summon in any droves. That would be probably quite unfortunate for our existence, our continued existence. Uh, yes, uh, <sighs> I just wanted you to know as well, so you didn't feel like uh, uh, you. I I, I assumed you had no urge to to ring it, but uh, yeah, just so we're clear. Let us uh, let us descend. So yeah, I am definitely not ring the bell. A bell left unrung is a happy bell. Let's <laughs> leave it alone. Yeah. You descend down into the cathedral. It is as I described previously, except you don't see the three towering looming figures, but you do see the altar and all that other business. And in particular, Akale, you see that book, the silver page book that your uh, your nameless friend spoke of. What do you both do? I am uh. looking around uh, for treasure. Um, I don't think Nagane. Uh, did we establish if the the kingdom of Nagane worships the, uh, the sisters? Um, they do not they actually. Do not. Okay. No, they don't. So they um, wouldn't care if I brought that. They would, no, no. But the symbol, the silver candelabras are just straight up valuable. Oh yeah, I, I'm <laughs> going know, after the. Ca- I, I'm grabbing. Grab I'm, I'm grabbing some candelabra. Yeah. Uh, I so Parda is uh, doing the doing the thing, yeah. the looting. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, no um no pretense here at all what are you doing Akale? i will approach the book and look upon it um i left it open to a glitteringly slightly moist silver page yes this is um this is the i think this is probably where the contest rule comes in like whether you are poisoned or not as with all things that i've encountered in this cursed place uh, I'm going to uh, use my skills of trickery. I definitely don't feel like this is safe, and I definitely believe it's trapped because it's a precariously yeah. parked book in the middle of a fucking cathedral. I don't trust it one minute. Um, you have lots of good reason to not trust it, even though they are maybe not the correct reasons. <laughs> uh, Orlin, what will the poison do? Uh, paralysis. Yeah. Okay. I think this is what's at stake in the contest role, whether Akale sees the trap or whether Akale is paralyzed. Um, if everyone agrees to those terms for the contest role, we'll start building our die pool. I 100% agree <laughs> to the terms. Let's, let's take a look at your first light die. Um, Orlin, you have plants, so you have your first light die. Akale, you have trickery, you have your first light die. And so let's keep going. You get another light die for each mark of ruin you currently have. Akale, you have five. Orlin, you have five. <laughs> you are both up to six light dice. Um, Orlin, I don't think you're taking a dark die because your actions are not fundamentally dangerous here. Okay. But I do think you are taking one, Akale, because of the poison. Yeah. And so the count currently is 6061. 
And then you get to add as many dark dice as you wish. This is basically the whole enchilada here, folks. It's the end of the story. So um, you can you can win, but also go to ruin six. So both uh, can I do that? Can be even true. if it's um, can I do that even if I'm not in danger? Uh, I, what do you mean? I don't have any dark die because oh, because so you get to add dark dice. As you still you get wish. to do. Okay, yeah, I didn't know yeah, if that you was still like get to add after. as many as you wish. Okay, cool, yeah, cool, cool. Yeah. It's not inherently dangerous. You can make it dangerous. You can make it dangerous, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So the count currently is six zero and six one. I'll remind you, you're looking for as many sixes as you can get, and then uh, if you have if you tie on sixes, you go to fives and so forth. And any dark dice that come up a one, your ruin goes up. So neither of you have much runway here on the ruin. You can win, but also lose. That's the beauty of this moment. Despite <laughs> the fact that I am a Warhammer 40k player and am cursed with dice rolls, I will take an additional two dark die. Oh, you don't have to say. Yeah, you just type it. Okay. In. Yeah. I'll take some additional dark dice. <laughs> Quick, so change it, Bass. Change it. Say, yeah. Say, kill it about. Yeah. We're, 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 we both have six light dice. You both have six light, and you have, you're starting with one dark. Okay, cool. I am in a layer. Do layers count? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and type in your... um, your Yeah, I'm good. I'm good whenever. I'm good, too. Okay. Akale got added... Did add two extra dark (laughs) dice. uh, Got two sixes. uh, Did not win. uh, Because Orlin... Or no, you both got two sixes. Yeah, we both you? got two sixes. You both got two sixes. No one got any ones on the dark dice, and Orlin only added one dark die. So now we go to fives, and you both got two fives. So uh, that's tied. Let's go to fours. I got fours. Orlin got one we, four. We both got fours. Orlin right. got one four. We go to threes. There you win. Uh, Orlin wins. Akale had no threes. All right, so... You're in control here, Orlin. Describe um, Akale's paralysis. Uh, I'll, I, I, uh, I, I will say he just freezes, holding the book. Like he looks like he's fixed with a passage, but it's a, it's a full muscle constrictor. He's just there, shivering at the lectern. Yeah, Akale, how did describe the moment when you realized that the the trap was something much more mundane than you anticipated? Uh, the second the the tingling sensation started creeping up his hands. Uh, or their hands, they uh, were very well aware. Like, oh, someone got here before me. This isn't this isn't some supernatural. This isn't some sisters. This is something. This is skullduggery. This is a someone has betrayed me. You're skullduggery, <laughs> Orlin. Um, I, will, I will say okay. before the before the paralysis fully sets in, a wry smile does form on my face. <laughs> <laughs> Orlan Parda is busy doing the uh the looting and I'm sure sufficiently distracted since you're lying in wait. What do you do, Orlan? Did I need both of them? Um they weren't clear. <laughs> I think you get they, to decide that. They weren't they weren't clear. Um but Yeah, I'll just walk up and slit his throat. Yeah, sure. That is the second contest roll, assuming you do not want to have your throat throat your throat slit, Parda. Nope. Let's go to dice. Oh no, I meant the paralyzed one. I would, I would like. Oh, 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 I would like there to be no contest. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, um, well, then I, I do want to let Parda chime in then, because if you're going to break your cover, I think Parda, you'll see what's about to happen, and you can try to stop it or just let it happen. It's up to you. 
Yeah, I would probably like have a chance of peripheral vision. Um, mm. And if I see Orlin come out Sounds of the shadows. Somebody needs to get stabbed. Yeah, right? yeah. But, uh, right. I do have a sword. I didn't mention that. So, uh, yeah, if I see Orlin come out of the shadows with a knife, I'm going to draw my sword. Um, and uh, I'll then see, uh, uh, let's see, Accolade paralyzed. I'll be like, oh, shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I will. Uh, 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 probably yelling. Well, what are you doing? And, uh, yeah, probably. Well, Orlin, once you realize that Parta has the jump or is, is sees what you're about to do, or do you continue or do you stop? Uh, I, I, I tell him to wait, you know, hold on, hold on. I, I, I have my knife to his Ackley's throat, but I'm telling him to stay back. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll stay back. Like what, what, what is, why are you doing this? We've not been the best of companions, but I stood against a god and said I wasn't going to kill you. Did he? Well, no, he didn't. I still And feel- who is at my knife's mercy right now? Well, Akalei is. I see. I don't see what your objection is. He He has betrayed us both. And there is a price to the knowledge we seek, or the treasure you seek. I would not wish to pay it. I don't think you wish to pay it. And the bill has been foisted off by him. And I'm just gesturing with the knife to Mr. Paralyzed Eyes here. I... You're saying there's more treasure? Yes. Oh. Well, Ackley, I'm sure you understand. Uh, it's nothing personal. Can I speak in my paralyzed state? Uh, Not I'll with let... that knife going into your throat right now. I was going to let Orlin decide whether you can speak or not. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to say anything, but I'm going to lower my sword a bit. Uh, and, and There's a spray. Yeah. I, I dump it on the sacrificial altar. As There's a spray of blood. There's a spray of blood on the altar. There's a gurgle. From Akale's mouth as it bubbles over. There is an intense sense of satisfaction coming from the entities of this place. Akale, how are you feeling right now as you see your lifeblood flowing onto the uh, iron? Content, because I know more will come in my stead. We don't. Yeah. The message, the message of, of Darawan does not die with me. For there will be more. <laughs> We're gonna daisy chain more cultists to die into this fucking swamp. Yeah. <laughs> The altar, indeed, upon the blood being spilled upon it, the altar actually physically disappears, revealing a winding staircase that goes deep into the earth. And I think we wrap up the story with the two of you setting aside Akale's body, descending down into the darkness beneath the flocculent cathedral. That concludes Ring 5, but we're not quite done yet. I'd like to do a set of epilogues. Akale, you can, or Baz, you can epilogue about the cult of Darawan in your absence or whatever you want. The other two of you can epilogue about just where your character is in the future. How do they end up? What do we know about them? Maybe nothing, but maybe something. I do, though, I think I would like for the two living people to make one more ruin roll. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just to see if you are lost at the end. 
Do I get a reduction for stabbing Bass in the neck? That seems like a betrayal. Oh, uh, was it five? Uh, yeah, that's that's actually fair. Yeah, I, I would say that. that he gave in to the ruinous natures of this area. Not, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I kind of feel like Orlin is kind all of lost, right. All right, yeah. all right. <laughs> that's, I think that's. I'll fair. do a ruin roll. Do a ruin roll. See how it goes. Okay, you're both okay. Five I'm one. just barely okay. <laughs> Epilogues. Whoever wants to go first, take it away. I will. I have mine already decided. <laughs> Um, uh, as I said before, uh, my only friend in the order before I set on this journey was Jory, a fellow member of the church that I was excommunicated from. I told him if I do not return within the month that you should take up my man, take the mantle of Darawan and follow the pursuits that I did. And so that's what is, that's what will happen. Uh, accolades, quest will be carried by another. Accolades, acolytes. Right? Yep, the acolytes of Accolade. <laughs> oh, from a whole new cult. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's terrible to talk about. <laughs> what if, what if your friend comes to the edge of the gloaming mire and you visit him in a dream uh, to give him uh, a vision? Yeah. Uh, wherever you toss that prism necklace is where I'll be waiting. Oh yeah, there you go. Oh, that's really good, actually. Yeah, yeah. that's like you're you're there. Yeah, that's yeah. Really great. Okay. Um, all right, uh, Pardo or Orla? Um, I, uh, Pardo go next. Um, so part Nagata, uh, the heir apparent is married. Um, and soon after, Nagata gets a new name as the Verdant Kingdom, um, as their agriculture, and it is an arid kingdom, but it becomes, you know, more, uh, fecunded. You know, there's more. Uh, the wineries and, and, and fine growing. And um, it, it's uh, there is a renewed, there is sort of a hybrid religion of the sisters in the Naganas. Uh, uh, so it's sort of like uh, Alexandria where, you know, the Greek and the Egypt. So it's a similar sort of like hybridization of the religions. They worship all the deities there. Um, and then the, the, the house of Parta, uh, that minor kingdom on the border, uh, they it just one day is utterly wiped out by de- unknown ruin, um, and uh, it becomes a swamp. Um, but none of the uh, other bloodline is uh, survives this unnamed disaster. There are very few witnesses, and they do not speak of it publicly. Um, but yeah, as as time goes on, Nagana becomes more and more lush. And verdant, and the life expectancy of the people goes way down um, as people know not to travel outside of the walls of the towns at night uh, because things lurk, you know, lurk out in the in the in the forests. Um, Very good, thank you, mm-hmm. Orlin. Uh, I think Orlin gets the bad end in that he gets everything he wants. So um, he makes etchings of the silver book, cleaned of poisoned and learns the ancients of um this the you know the labyrinth beneath um i I imagine when he returns he gets quite famous as a result but uh his publications lead other people to the foculent cathedral like moths towards flames uh and he realizes that he has done great harm to the world so I imagine orlin spends many of his days trying to find a soul more poisoned than oculus um, cause he knows what the sisters eat now and he'll do what he does best and try and poison them to make it stop. 
Um, so I guess that's his new mission. Find the worst bastard he can possibly find and uh, make that the soul that he feeds to those horrible crones eating people in the swamp. Yeah. I love it. That's the Flocculent Cathedral. And that concludes our game of Trophy Dark. Uh, why don't we do a quick uh, debrief? Um, just talk about the two sessions. Uh, we mm-hmm. can do a stars format if you want, just things you liked. Um, wishes could be things that you maybe would have liked to have seen if the story had gone a different direction. Um, but otherwise, uh, or just talk about the game. I'll just say that at the outset, I had a really good time. I, I enjoyed the story a lot. I enjoyed playing with the three of you a lot. Um, everyone did a really great job this session of leaning into the danger, leaning into the betrayal, leaning into the, just the kind of um, the fucked upness of this place, right? Like just a really good job of like taking this place on its own terms and leaning into that. So that is really truly like play to lose ethos. And I was, mm-hmm. I was here for it. I love um, it. Yeah. Yeah. That was my, those are my initial thoughts. I might have more to say in a minute, but yeah. Um, yeah. I just think it's a very elegant system. I think it's very, it lends itself to great role playing. And I think you could use this uh, with, with it's, it's, there's a, there's a complexity in that it's the way the role playing mechanic works with the dice is kind of fun to kind of delve into and kind of learn. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it, it encourages you to think to role play more than just like my character does this. And I think it could be a really good way of, um, which I feel is like a problem with a lot of RPGs is a hard time. It's, you have a hard time bringing in new players to the hobby that don't really know how to role play. Cause it's kind of a, a weird way to act for most people. They don't do that in their normal lives. And so I think you could really help encourage new people to the hobby to like, here, this is how you actually can embody a role, actually play it out. Actually. Talk. Everyone knows how to tell a story. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. Yeah. And so I think this is a very good system for that. I think it's the role playing is so strong. I think it just, encourage a strong role playing so i love that about it mm-hmm. right yeah yeah in this particular thing i think we all like um you know both of you chose really interesting characters and uh, uh archetypes just through the list that i could understand where your character was coming from and what they were going like their actions made sense and i really like that um and like for me, my my viewers at the moment is like, oh, you said treasures. Well, I guess I will betray you that accolade, even though like accolade had this whole narrative arc of like each betraying the other and like hating each other. And they're like, no, we'll work together. We can both profit from this. And then as soon as it's convenient, I'm like, nah, like I'm just going to. <laughs> uh, and then like as a, as a, like a noble, my 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 instinct is to like. Uh, just offload all my misery onto other people. It's it's just to like, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like betray my friend when it's convenient or betray my companion when it's convenient. And then like when I go back to Nagana, it's like, aha, the sisters gave me riches, so I need to help them out. Although, oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I didn't for a second think you were going to try and save me from Caleb. I knew for a fact I was fucked. Like I knew <laughs> Caleb was going to be killing me. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not your champion here. I'm not going to save you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, I really like how that narrative arc worked out uh, and, and the gameplay really. Um, I think also, uh, yeah, I really like my moment when I was talking to like, I was like, I'm not going to kill for you. Like, I, and it was more like, I don't kill people. That's someone else's job. That's, uh, yeah, that's uh, ugh, gross. Um, so, yeah, no, it was really cool. Uh, Caleb, any thoughts? I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, I, I like the system quite a lot. Um, 
I think it's great. I, I could see it crippling like the I've only played D and D player before, but that is not me. Mm-hmm. Also, and, that's a benefit. I think that's a, <laughs> I agree. Yeah, that's not a criticism. Just, um, yeah, uh, and but as a yeah as a Delta Green play to lose player, yeah, it I, does. It yeah. fits right up my alley. I I am kind of stunned when my characters survive most games I play. So yeah, uh, yeah I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I really Thank like you. your I, moment at the end where you're like. Oh no, I'm going to poison the book. It's like, oh, that's good. And that was like, unlike you, you it really shows like, what like up until then, you've been kind of like the nicest out of all of us. And then like helping Yoffrey at the beginning. And then like, no, nah, I'm going to poison. It's, it's fine. Well, I was at five. Yeah. It, yeah. Was, it was poison in time. It's yeah. poison in time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's poison o'clock. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's very I've, good. What I liked I've, about the story, I like that the story, like the true nature of the sisters was ambiguous and it stayed ambiguous yeah like 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 we learned some things but then maybe we didn't Mm -hmm. and there was a lot of like unreliable narration and information giving going on which i thought was great um so i really like that aspect of it we don't even really know what they i mean like Caleb made it kind of sound like there were treasures down below, but we never saw what was. Oh, down I, I, I had below. no idea. I hoped yeah, I was trying like, to keep him from attacking. Yeah. The sword. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, so I thought that was really interesting. There's there's a lot of like really beautiful like kind of ambiguity in it. Um, mm-hmm. I like to say that I say this a lot that like Trophy Dark is like the the A twenty four horror movie role playing game, Dude, you know, because it, it really is. It felt yeah, like it. Is. Yeah, and 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 you you get that almost every time you play, and this and it was really strong in this session too. Just this sort of like this very like heightened operatic horror filled with ambiguity and like and and filled with more like just like melodrama and emotion, right? Like I I really really dug it. I thought it was quite good. Yeah, if like that if that game could be described, it's like the mood of like The Witch and like right. Midsummer yeah. all at Midsummer, the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And, and like yeah. the Green Knight and the darker moments of the Green yeah. Knight. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, was it, I do? That's what I was about the 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 sisters or whatever the deities. Like it was one of my least favorite things of any RPG setting or system is like deities with discernible motivations mm. drive me insane and that's why i love this because i was like i don't know if these really are deities or if they're entities or demons or just right. evil creatures that are very powerful people do worship them though so there's some credence to what they believe but i don't know if what i believe is what the, i don't know if they have my best interest at heart and i love yeah, that if about the them. three of you if the three of you take a look at the uh the pdfs for the games that i sent y'all you'll you'll learn a little bit more about the like kind of setting, but the thing about the setting, which we were really intentional about when we were making it. And even though I'm not the designer of the game, I had a big hand in how the setting went. And um, we tried to make it so that the setting, there are certain things that are true. Uh, there are certain things that are dependable information in the setting, but it is otherwise very, very open to interpretation and players can kind of uh, take the threads and, create their own version of the trophy world. That's why the setting book is called loom because uh, right. it, it, the idea is you're sort of like weaving your own, like kind of um, uh, story, but there are some things that are definitely true though. And the, the main sort of sweep of the settings history is really important uh, to understand. I, I, it's not important to understand, but it's helpful to understand like how your characters were doing what they were doing. And so basically the idea is in the ancient part of this world, it's a pretty classic setup. You have this like ancient civilization that is much more advanced than the current day civilization. Um, but they, uh, 
they were essentially at war with giants and the only way they could defeat the giants is to poison the air. Essentially that's never really defined what that means, but they quote unquote poison the air and it caused the giants to die. And, and there are indeed remnants of the giants all over the place. Um, but then the society itself eventually like kind of collapsed to ruin and decay and kind of madness. Right. And so that's, that's old Kaldor. But that civilization was the uh, essentially watered the the root system of the forest that grew atop it, and so three quarters of the continent is forest. It's the Caldor Forest, and the Gloaming Mire is part of that. And the idea is this forest is grown from the madness and malignancy and magic of this ancient civilization, like it's what's left, basically, right? Mm-hmm. And um. And so all the people in the contemporary world, they are just, they're always trying to f- get relics from ancient Kaldur, but that means going into the woods and, uh, which don't want them there. The woods hate people. <laughs> so the, the woods do things to like mess with people. Right. And so the religion that sprung up is this religion that tries to take this disparate, like loose confederation of like folk and pagan beliefs essentially and try to make some sense of it, you know? Um, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of hints in the setting that like, that the religion is, itself is false, that the sisters are false. And so we got to see a lot of that in the Flocken cathedral today. And I think that last week. So I, I think that was really great. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry. That was, I mean, a ramble on, but no, 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 that's, that's really no, interesting. I, I like the idea of like this. Yeah. Like, an ecosystem sprung up from this basically magical fallout radiation. Like that's right. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. No, it gets fucking weird. Um, it's very good. Well, yeah. And like the, and like the modern day, like sort of people of the setting, they're very like, um, they're very much like before the sisters arrived, they were very much like steeped in like, uh, it's called it's called the age of occlusion in the setting the the occluded era like when people were just kind of basically stupid like Mm -hmm. they didn't know what's going on like like a pig wanders off into the woods and the people interpret this pig as like they give it meaning and now they start worshiping this pig that wandered off right like they have these like very like simple beliefs right and and there's thousands of little religions like this and the sisters like are like an attempt to like weave it all together mm-hmm. hold it all together and make some sense of it you know mm-hmm. um and and that's and so whatever civilization has managed to build up in those times is because of the sisters but then there's an indication the sisters themselves are no good so yeah, yeah. yeah. see I, like for uh, me i know like part of there's two ways he could be actually like even though he gains political power and everything uh, um either he's like this cowering noble who's continually sacrificing people to keep the sisters from cursing him further um or he's become this mutated mon- you know bloodborne but plants kind of monster you know like it's one of those two things yeah. hiding in the yeah. castle so it's, either way it's not going to be like a happy ending for him but yeah it's <laughs> it's funny you mentioned bloodborne because like the 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 setting the, the way we're playing through it just gave me that like kingdom and ruin feeling of like every from soft game where it's like mm-hmm. you've arrived at this once grand kingdom like elden ring dark souls like mm-hmm. all of it it's like always some once brilliant beautiful thing that existed is no longer what it is it is a just a, a fucked visage of what it used to be and so like you're trying right. to like survive it and it's like oh yeah, the corrupting influence of this place, you're not immune to those. Like you will you can be as corrupted as what already exists here. You can join it. 
And yeah, so I really love Dark that. Soul, Dark Souls and Elden Ring, they, they all have this like kind of, um, there's always like a cataclysm mm-hmm. yeah. and that that's like, like the cataclysm just happened, you know, and, and the people you run into are like the, they're kind of dealing with the fallout of whatever the cataclysm was and they're, and they're disparate and they're weird and they're, they're clearly traumatized. Right. The world of trophy is like a hundred years beyond that. Right. Like there was the cataclysm and the people were, were all like kind of crazy and, and, and separated and, and whatever. And, and we pick up in trophy, like, when things have just started to try to come back together a little bit. Right. And that's, that's, that's the way I like to think about it. It's like, if you took Elden ring and just fast forwarded, like just a few decades, that's mm-hmm. where the trophy world is. Yeah. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. It's brilliant. Perfect. Also, well, also was, kudos yeah. to our GM. You are amazing. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Yeah. yeah. No, that was, yeah, it was really fun. Um, and giving us like the space to actually role play scenes and like, yeah, encouraging that. that yeah. I mean, I mean that. I like, yeah, they, I like to make my gurgly noises. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a gurgly noise G. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's good. It's Things good. that hiss and gurgle. Mm-hmm. That's what I love to do in role playing. Uh, Fabulous. Uh, any other stars or wishes or anything else you want to say? Um, I just I had a great time. And I just yes. I really loved it. It was a treat. Yeah, can't wait. Yeah. yeah, can't wait to delve through these PDFs and then flick that on yeah, some of my look. friends. Think? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. no, I'm definitely I'm looking at Trophy Loom right now. Um, yeah, I definitely want to play this in other settings. Like uh, my first exposure to this was like there's a bunch of trophy uh, dark hacks on H.io. A lot of third party stuff. Yeah, 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 third party stuff. And um, like there's one that's like specifically themed after like Annihilation. Uh, and stalker mm-hmm. like and like oh god yeah. that was a big influence on jesse in the game like like yeah. annihilation and stalker were like i think they're listed in the book as like major influences mm-hmm. well, you definitely get the vibe yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. um i would I mean, like i had a bear you did i 100 percent thought of the annihilation bear like like yeah, yeah. i was like i was i was i was does the bear talk in the voice of one of the bandits like you know like <laughs> right, yeah yeah uh that would have yeah. been great but um I yeah I think the the only thing like next time uh like if I run Trophy Dark would be to give all the players like you're all you all know each other and trust each other like to to emphasize instead of like us being like randos like traveling um like if we were all like we're all going to go out together on this expedition to get this thing and then that makes the b- b- betrayal mechanics that much more intense uh yeah. yeah I think it depends on the setting right yeah, I yeah. mean like um I like the sort of like vagueness myself. Like I, I prefer the vagueness of how are these people together, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I know people who play it more like they look kind of set it up in a more like, you know, kind of like they do almost like a little sort of prologue of like, mm-hmm. here is how you all got together. And that's cool too. Yeah, Works yeah. perfectly fine. Yeah. You can actually play Trophy Dark, uh, the companion game, the sister game, Trophy Gold, which is a much more like it's a campaign length game. Um, there is a campaign structure in the Trophy Dark book that incorporates them both. And so you, you're playing Trophy Gold and Trophy Dark. And Trophy Dark is almost like, uh, it's like prologues for the stuff happening in Trophy Gold or it's like side stories, you know? And so mm-hmm. you do get to kind of flesh out that, that, uh, that backstory a lot more in that mode for sure. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, that a lot of that comes down to taste, I think. And like, how well yeah, I just want to try it to see how it works. Like, yeah. 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 Um, mm-hmm. Because yeah, but I mean this yeah, I mean this this was great. So I don't I don't have any complaints about this. But yeah, I just as for for variety really more than anything else because I definitely wanted to yeah. And so a lot of players love that. A lot of yeah. players love they want to know you know yeah, like yeah, they yeah. want to know like how do we know each other and that's that's yeah, legit. That's why am I traveling with this person? Yeah, 
Right, yeah. <laughs> Especially once they start acting the way they're acting, it's like, why am I doing this? Yeah, I wouldn't be able to sleep. I wouldn't go to sleep around this person. I would yeah. I would be afraid I would not wake up. Right. Yeah. Um so yeah. uh yeah. yeah, yeah. That was great. I think with I think with uh how adversarial the members of the RPPR uh cast can be with one another, mm-hmm. I think this game lends itself to their style our style of role yeah. playing. Yeah, that's true. I really I really do want Tom and Aaron to play in the same one because they would definitely <sighs> Like be like be betraying each other at the first possibility. Like, yeah, be very good. Um, yeah, no, it's great. So, uh, and uh, how can people people can find out about Trophy RPG at TrophyRPG.com, I believe. Yep. Uh, yeah, and the PDFs are currently on drive through. The physical books are going to be available to purchase pretty soon too. They're they're in the warehouse right now. Being uh, they should be being on their way to uh, Kickstarter backers. But uh, we have a we have a not a huge number, but we do have some physical ones available for sale. Um, and uh, yeah, but the PDFs are always going to be there on drive through RPG. Just search trophy dark or gold and loom and it comes right up. Yeah. So. We'll have links uh, in the show note. So um, cool. Awesome. Uh, well, thank you so much, Jason, for uh, running for us today. This, this oh, thanks really for having me. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was a lot of fun. Uh, all right. Uh, and we'll talk to you all later. Bye. 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 Bye.